Hey, it's Joel, Exponentially Empowered Podcast. Hope you have been doing well and creating time to connect to yourself, taking walks, journaling, meditating, finding time to introspect. Take that time in. And that can be not only beneficial in the long term, but in the short term, after you journal for five minutes, you're sort of clearing out the cobwebs, just taking the opportunity to release any thought strands, any feelings that are coming up and clear that runway so you can go take off for the day, right? Journaling is an a near daily morning activity for me, so highly recommend that. I'm going to read right now from a book by Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art. I'm going to read my favorite section, which is very short. It's called Resistance and Love. Resistance is directly proportional to love. If you're feeling massive resistance, The good news is, it means there's tremendous love there, too. If you didn't love the project that is terrifying you, you wouldn't feel anything. The opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. The more resistance you experience, the more important your unmanifested art-slash-project-slash-enterprise is to you, and the more gratification you will feel when you finally do it. So Pressfield is, in this book, speaking on this capital R resistance. These sensations in our body that often block us as creators. The apprehension, the procrastination, essentially, that is commonplace in our culture when it comes to moving towards obstacles, creating, tackling big, meaningful projects. Our needs for comfort, relaxation, and ease come in conflict with our needs for productivity, creativity, growth, progress, accomplishment. So in a given moment, when you are deciding whether or not to engage in the creative process in the difficult task, this capital R resistance as Pressfield identifies it can come up. So in this passage, he brilliantly is offering this glimmer of hope and joy really about that capital R resistance that, Hey, remember, If you feel that resistance, that means you, deep down, want to experience the bliss, the creative fulfillment that's behind conquering that procrastination. And I use that word conquering, and I already feel a little regret using that word because there's this sort of war mentality. And that's my criticism of this book, actually. This terminology and this mindset of 
battling resistance, conquering resistance, beating resistance, beating procrastination. These are common terms. And it's sort of forceful. It's not super compassionate towards these parts of ourself. So there's a lot of value in Pressfield's perspective here of this proportion, this correlation between the amount of resistance and how much potential bliss you can experience. If you have the courage to face that obstacle and move through it, it builds self-esteem and it cultivates the good life. It cultivates joy. The more you consistently do hard things and avoid that delay of what you know deep down is going to help you, it's going to contribute to your flourishing and your well-being and your satisfaction, your meaning and purpose, and your sense of ease and relaxation. Because if you continue to push things away that you know you want to do deep down, then that's going to become a burden. Whereas if you get right to it and get shit done, you can feel at ease knowing that you went to bed that night and you did the hard things. And you make that a habit, you make that a mindset, that's going to build confidence and satisfaction, self-esteem and fulfillment, etc. So there's a lot of value in seeing this proportion in correlation between resistance and love. Right? The love is these parts of you that want you to flourish. So see that and then lean into that discomfort of the creative process. But of course, to take it the next level in a self-compassionate standpoint, we don't need to engage in this war language and this self-conquering mindset and this overriding of the parts. If we can instead engage in curiosity and compassion for the parts, huh, I'm feeling this resistance. I'm feeling these physiological sensations in my body. And what's that about? Talk to me, self. What is this part of me that's conjuring up this sensation? Seeking. What is it seeking? What is this intuition or this resistance seeking? Okay, there's, there's needs behind all of that. And again, it could be, oh, well, I don't want to do this hard work. That's effortful. It's uncomfortable. I want comfort and relaxation and to rest. I don't want to do this hard thing. And also the need for, hey, do this. I'm signaling to you with this uncomfortable physiological sensation. I'm signaling to you, get this done. Do it. You only have one life. Let's flourish. Let's create. Let's contribute. Let's have an amazing life. That's the love behind it. So maybe that's why the body, this part of you, is signaling to you with these 
uncomfortable physiological sensations that is known as capital R resistance. It's uncomfortable because saying in order to let go of this discomfort, we need to do the thing. It's trying to help you. It's trying. It's like your body, if it's physically ailing, it's going to be uncomfortable, right? So that you solve the problem. Same thing with creative pursuits. So we don't need to have a, a battle going on. We can engage in curiosity and kindness for these parts. If you can pause and cultivate presence from a capital S self standpoint, observation of the somatic experience of your body and accept these sensations and perhaps let them go and see, oh yes, I do want to engage in this activity. Now, the rest of this podcast, I want to take this to the next level. Pressfield in his book is basically talking about art, writing, podcasting, creating any meaningful project, and that resistance there. But this resistance can take the form of any pursuit, having an uncomfortable conversation with a friend. There's resistance there. Or looking within yourself and acknowledging the unhealed parts of yourself, the anger within yourself, the depression within yourself, the frustration within yourself, the voices, the inner critics. From a psychological standpoint of personal growth and self-integration, if you can take Pressfield's perspective of seeing that if you have the courage to face these uncomfortable sensations, these uncomfortable truths about your own inner landscape, your own psychological territory, there is so much bliss behind that. A greater sensation of well-being and aliveness and honesty can manifest over time if you continually have the courage to face the resistance of your own simply psychological thoughts and feelings. Not only in the form of creativity, but in the form of simply the wounds within you potentially. These parts of you that are not so at ease, that are not so grounded, that are frantic, that are telling you you're not, you're not good enough. If you face that, you hug the cacti, you stare the dragon in the face, and you welcome all these parts. On the other side of that is love, right? On the other side of that is love. 
is the good life, is aliveness. Ask not what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive, for the world needs people who have come alive. How do you come alive? How do you follow your bliss? How do you live a life that is true to yourself? Live a regret-free life. Be authentic. Align your actions and your values to create harmony. Know thyself and be thyself. The unexamined life is not worth living, right? So examining what's in yourself Figuring out what makes you come alive, figuring out who you are, and then actualizing that. That's the good life. That's coming alive. That's the joy, the freedom to express you as the only you that will ever be. But in order to get there, you need the initial courage to puncture the membrane of capital R resistance. Hug the cactus. Look at the obstacle. The obstacle is the way. And when it comes to these wounded experiences as a child, that can be uncomfortable, terrifying perhaps, and parts of us try to stop us from looking at them. These parts don't want to face it because it's uncomfortable to feel it. From the internal family systems therapy perspective, this is the protector part stopping the exile from coming up, stopping you from seeing the exile. The guard comes up because the protector doesn't want you to feel that rush of uncomfortable physiological sensations that is the fear or the sadness potentially the re-experiencing of the trauma. But if you are able to find that capital S self and that sense of unconditional loving compassion and observation, silent witness, you'll realize that it's okay for that part of you, that exile, to come up. So that's the courage, that's the loving state that we need to cultivate in order to hug the cactus, right? To provide self-trust to that protector part, to say, hey, I'm here. I love you unconditionally. I love all parts unconditionally. Would you, protector part, be willing to step to the side? Because this deeper part is yearning to be seen, heard, and understood for empathy and connection and love and trust and harmony. That is the courage. That is the work that can transcend our species, transcend your life to the next level of flourishing and joy and well-being and integration and move our species forward. That level of courage to see this child within you 
this child that's ashamed, perhaps, to express his true feelings. Because as a child, maybe, it wasn't safe, he thought, to share with his parents or his siblings or his teachers what he was really experiencing, what she was really experiencing out of fear of ostracization, losing connection, losing belonging, and learning to put the guard up. But those feelings are still there. And now as an adult, the wise capital S self, you can invite that inner child. Ask him or her, would you come sit next to me? Smile at him or her. Say, I'm here. I love you unconditionally. You are special. You are beautiful. It's okay to feel what you feel. You are enough just the way you are. And maybe that child feels a little calmer and starts to smile a little bit back to you. Wow, really? Thank you for seeing me. And maybe you take his hand and go on a little walk. Say, I'm here. I'm here to reparent you. Because none of those experiences were your fault. You didn't choose to be born. That's the greatest power disparity in the world. That between parent and the child. And the parent was projecting his or, own, his or her own problems. And mom and dad were frustrated and agitated because their inner child, their inner children weren't integrated. So we're going to do some work together, little guy. I'm here for you. Taking that little walk with your inner child. Maybe give him a big hug if he's up for it. Always respecting his need for choice. Maybe you put him on your shoulders and you play around. Again, respecting the need for choice and autonomy of that inner child. Because sometimes when you begin this process, it can be really scary for that child, for even you as the capital S self, to engage in conversation. So... This can be really delicate territory, tender territory, but this is, this is the, the work, the activity that can leverage so much, so much self-integration and harmony, right? It can be uncomfortable to face that cactus. It's prickly to go see Maybe that exile who's kind of in the corner, kind of a little terrified. He hasn't been seen for a long time. But if you as the adult, capital S self, can have that courage to go inside, introspect, to meditate, to observe, to unpeel the protective layers of yourself and find the core of yourself, that inner child is you, the beautiful, curious, alive, uninhibited child who learned to suppress and put those layers on through the parenting and schooling experiences. But when you connect to that inner child, that is the most 
wonderful, beautiful, deepest possible work you can do, possible experience you can engage in to bring about peace in your life, to bring about love, and extend that to the rest of the world. So when you feel those sensations of resistance to go do this type of introspective work and exploration, remember Stephen Pressfield's remark that yes, it may be difficult to get started and uncomfortable but if you could have the courage to begin and engage in the process, on the other side of that is love. On the other side of that is the fulfillment, is the results of greater well-being. It's in your self-interest. Be selfish. It's not just work for the sake of work. It's, ah, I empathize with my future self. I'd seek to be more integrated and at ease in my daily life. So leaning into the discomfort will produce that. So I hope this has been valuable to you. Maybe a little bit uncomfortable to kind of think about some of those images of going towards your child self. And if that was uncomfortable, maybe scary, simply you can notice that. You can notice that and welcome that as well. All parts are welcome. So yes, I hope this has been valuable to you and I wanted to let you know as a dear listener of Exponentially Empowered Podcast that I am now offering coaching sessions, taking on coaching clients to offer this type of support and my approach is simply to be a listener who helps you feel perhaps calm and relaxed in order to get your needs to be heard, seen and understood, Matt. And to perhaps ask some questions and engage in this internal family systems type experience. So if you're interested in working with me at all, feel free to reach out. You can email me, firstname.lastname at gmail.com. So Joel Bine is my name, joel.bine. And the email is gmail. Until next week. Wishing you peace and groundedness in your 
daily life. And remember to take that time in and connect to yourself because that is what really matters. The unexamined life is not worth living. Cheers.